Welcome to the podcast today, everyone. Um, before we get started with today's episode, we want to go over a couple of uh, what would you call it? Administrative kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. How do they say that over the pulpit? Like order, items, orders, items of business. Items of business. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, so we appreciate the feedback that we've gotten from people. Um, it's kind of been in all kinds of forms, whether it be Instagram messages, emails, people just talking to us and stuff like that. And when we first started off this podcast, I was very much in a different spot than I am right now even though that was only like two months, three months ago, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and we've noticed something about us is that we've kind of been getting maybe a little bit more biased. Yeah. Like it, it's become harder and harder to stay nuanced, to see both sides of this because we just kind of both reinforce each other's, (laughs) uh, you know, personal opinions, especially off air, especially off air. Yeah. We try our best like on air to be, um, as nuanced and as unbiased as we can, but you know, we are imperfect and we realize that like this is quickly becoming more biased. And so with that, we are making this announcement on the air that any listener that is interested in becoming more involved, especially an active member, we are looking for an active member um, who is able to speak openly and freely about different subjects uh, in a way that in an open minded way. we're looking to add a co-host. So um, we are recording in Bountiful uh, every other week. And so we would need somebody who could record with us in Bountiful every other week. Um, so whether you live nearby or willing to drive or whatever that is. Right. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe like a two hour time commitment every other week. Every other week. Yeah. Um, just to kind of like go over some things and maybe like throughout the week we would be doing some Zoom calls every so often or text messages and stuff like that, just to kind of like talk about stuff. Um, but really like this podcast is not a huge part of our lives. I would say like, I don't feel like it is like, Oh yeah. Like it's, it's, uh, it, it doesn't occupy too much time. Right. Right. Or mental space really. Totally. So yeah, it would just be to like sit down, record, talk about some stuff, um, come up with some ideas with us. Like we want this person to be fully active and like this is like a three-way mm-hmm. partnership kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of hold us accountable for any thoughts that we're having that, Hey, maybe we're not accurate on right. or, or most members don't see that perspective that way, you know, those kind of things. Cause really we want to, our, our goal with this has just been bridge building, right. To facilitate a, a conversation, you know, um, wherever anybody is at on that spectrum, just to be able to, uh, to identify the entire spectrum, I guess, of faith and how you can relate to it. Um, so with that, we need somebody who's a member. <laughs> That's right. We want to be like, not just sayers, but doers mm-hmm. in like our deeds as well. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we actively want to be building bridges with people, active members of the church. And yeah. So I think by having someone else, that's one feedback thing that we've gotten from some people is like, I'd like to see more active, members. a little bit more diversity, yeah, diversity yeah. of thought on the podcast. So, um, <clears throat> one other thing that you mentioned when we were kind of talking about this off air was it'd be good to have a woman's perspective as well. Yeah. Yeah. And cause we're both men and I don't think we're seeing the full picture here. Um, and you know, I think as, as much diversity as we can get in right. perspective, the better. And so a woman who can, who's a member, active member who can kind of add different perspectives to this podcast, I just, just came to mind. But that being said, anybody with kind of a different, uh, different perspective, different background, 
we're also going to be interviewing uh, as well. If you're if you're not uh, interested in a, kind of like a a, con- a constant every two week commitment, if you're just wanting to interview once on the air, um, open like, to anyone, right? Yeah, open to anybody. Yeah, anybody of any background. That's also going to help us to stay open and to stay um, unbiased as you know as un- unbiased as possible. So if you're open to that too, reach out. Uh, which brings us to our next annou- announcement, I guess, is um, we would like uh, to ask for any donations if if anybody's willing for uh, just any small donations just to kind of help us to facilitate that, to be able to facilitate having somebody else uh, on the air with us as a, as a co-host um, and also facilitating helping us get uh, people who want to be interviewed onto the air as well. Yeah, that's going to require a little bit extra equipment that we need help with purchasing. Um, as well as a space, an office space where we can do that. Um, so yeah, just, um, no pressure, right? <laughs> but if you feel like you'd like to, um, Mitch, do you want to tell them about how they could do that? Yeah. So if you just go to our show notes, I will post in there, um, a link to my Venmo. I think that would be the easiest way to get it, like funds if you were willing to donate, which we would appreciate. Um, we're not looking for much like 150 bucks total. Yeah. Maybe, you know, just to get like an extra microphone, extra stand, some headphones. Yeah. Um, we need at least that equipment for a third permanent co-host and for interviews. And guests and stuff. Yeah, guests and stuff. And then maybe from there we need them like a fourth set. So yeah, as of right now, we've just funded this completely ourselves so far. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been a little bit of a financial toll in a sense. So Mm -hmm. like I, I feel bad kind of like asking for donations, but we're also just like, this is kind of where we're at and and we want it to grow, but we, could use some help. Yeah, exactly. And I I don't think we're going to do the best we can. Uh, Like once we get kind of up and rolling and we're getting YouTube videos up and views and that kind of thing, and maybe we'll be getting some, you know, ad revenue or something. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but hopefully we'll be able to fund everything entirely on our own and not ask for any help. We're only going to ask for help if we feel like we need it. Otherwise we're just going to bring this to you as free as possible. Right. Yeah. Um, So if you are willing to donate, even just like five bucks, two bucks, even if you can't and you just so I want to send some words of encouragement through an email, like we appreciate that as well. So anything you can give, whether it be words or just a financial donation as well, we appreciate it. So um, anything else you want to say about that before we get into today's episode? No, we appreciate you guys listening and all the feedback. Honestly, yeah, it's just great. So yeah. thank you for helping us uh, build bridges. So, all right, let's get into the episode today. So we going along with our theme of cliches uh, last week, we talked about kind of cults and that cliche this week. We have a very fun one that we are going to talk about, which is the church is imperfect, but the gospel is perfect. Um, that's a cliche. I think that's tossed around a lot, uh, kind of a, a source of conflict and argument uh, right. on both sides. And so we kind of wanted to dive into this. And um, try to offer two sides to this as best we can um, and then open it up to you guys for comments and questions and that kind of thing. Perfect. Um, Yeah, you can like rearrange these words or throw in other things, whether it's the church, the gospel, the people, the culture, the leaders, Mm -hmm. multiple ways to like look at this thing. So we're going to do our best to just, like you said, be as balanced as we can with this and 
just try to tackle this and like why why is this cliche sometimes an issue maybe mm-hmm. what's true about it right like mm-hmm. with our other cliches and where is it taken too far mm-hmm. etc so um yeah kind of just going like this is a reason that we recognized i've used this phrase in the past you know mm-hmm. when i was more of a believing member just saying like <laughs> it's kind of maybe not intentionally i was using it this way but like looking at it more it's a kind of thought stopping technique where it's just like trying to brush off responsibility for bad behavior, whether it be of leaders of individuals in the church of cultural things, just like all kinds of stuff that like happens. Right. And so it's just kind of like, well, it's not perfect. Right. But the teachings of Jesus Christ are perfect. And just kind of like going with that. And like, it really is just a way to be like, okay, well, can't argue with that. Right. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> you know? If that's your stance, then we can't really talk more about it. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And so how, how can this be a little bit more nuanced, I guess? So I, I think it's worth talking about what is the gospel and uh, what is the church? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because I think from an outside perspective, they could be viewed as one and the same. Um, like tr- the church of Christ, Jesus Christ church is his church, right. And his gospel and that kind of thing. Um, and I think the kind of match what you're saying, like church leaders, uh, members in the church, um, <clears throat> organizational flaws, those kind of things are more viewed as the church, uh, and its organization may not be perfect. And I think most members acknowledge that, that, uh, that we are human. We are human operators of a divine calling kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, you're going to have inevitably flaws and, right. and, and issues and issues. And, and yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the harder part to this is what is the gospel? Uh, Mitch and I were talking about this. What, what really is the gospel? And that's a hard question to answer. I think even from within the church. Totally. What are your thoughts? Yeah, for me, I always grew up like the term the gospel means the good news. I think that's what it like literally translates from, from like the Greek or whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. evangel, evangelio, something like that. Right. Uh Um, But like when we're talking about like, at least as a missionary, when we teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's faith, repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and enduring to the end. Right. Did I miss anything? Mm -hmm. Faith repentance right baptism gift of the ghost into the end yeah five it's right five things right um so and that's it's what i've always possible through christ right kind of. like that's it's all christ-centered i think that's also mm-hmm. a big part of it like we're baptized in christ's name uh and then we take the sacrament and we get the gift of the holy ghost i mean we get the gift of the holy ghost before we take the sacrament <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but yeah like i like the cycle is like found in other aspects of the church as well where there's like it's less of like baptism. Like that's a one-time thing. Right. But there's an ordinance or a covenant kind of associated. And then there's like a spirit testifying of that thing to mm-hmm. you. And then it's kind of this cycle. That's how I was taught as a missionaries, at least is that it's the cycle that you go through like throughout your entire life. And during to the end, isn't just meaning like holding on, like grasping onto whatever. It's just like, well, now I just got to make it the rest of my life, you know, and mm-hmm. just like hold on to this thing. But no, it's like, a continual spiral of things and you're getting more faith and you're getting more yeah. opportunities to change and stuff like that. So I really like that. I think that's like, you know, a way to look at progression for yourself, whether it be individually, spiritually, physically, yeah. however you want to put it. Right. You can apply this like system 
of recognizing where there's like maybe some flaws that you have and having the faith that you can become better. Like I'm going to use like a weird example. It's not really church related, but let's just say like physical health, like working out, right? You have this idea, you have this faith that like, okay, if I go to the gym every day and eat healthy, I'll get stronger. Right. So you repent, you change your bad habits that you're not doing that stuff. Right. And then as you're going, you're starting to see the results of it. That's like a confirmation. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you just like continue that cycle. So I think that really is something that the church teaches. That's a good thing. That's yeah. Something that I, it's a pattern, like a process of refinement. Totally. Yeah. And that's how I've always seen it. And maybe I still continue to see it maybe just in a different way now. Yeah. And and I think it's also worth asking, how is that perfect? Right. It's like, that is a great process. Totally. An awesome process. And I think what members mean by perfection with the gospel is, is maybe purity that it's like, and you'll have to tell me what your thoughts are on this too, but perhaps it's like the idea that this gospel came directly from Jesus Christ and it stayed that way in its purest form. And it was revealed again to Joseph Smith and that's how it stayed pure and that's how it stayed perfect. A restoration of, yeah, because it was corrupted over time. Right. Right. And I think that's kind of at least my interpretation of what that means by the gospel is perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess another interpretation could be that through Christ we reach perfection. Maybe. I don't know. What are are your thoughts? I'm trying to, I'm trying my best here to kind of, Put my mind Get in your member headspace. Mind. Yeah, yeah, my member mind. <laughs> yeah, try to figure out like, how is it perfect? You know, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just, you know, I've always thought and I've been taught that like perfection isn't something that we attain necessarily in this life. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you can become in like perfect in like one little thing. Right. But maybe even that's just temporary, right? Like you're going to slip up every so often or whatever. Yeah. you're yeah. not always going to be not angry with people or whatever, you know, like apply it to whatever principle you want in your life. But I was always under the impression that perfection can't really be found in this life, but it's something that we're eternally striving to find. Mm -hmm. Right. And the church teaches that this life is just like the smallest little blip on our existence. Yeah. But with some of the most eternal consequences, you know, depending on how we live it. So in that sense, you know, I can understand why this teaching is so stressed in the church. Because it is, it, there's eternal consequences at end at hand, right? And we've got an eternity, literally, like that is indefinite, that never ends. To our finite minds, that just doesn't make any sense, right? It's daunting. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if that answers like. No, yeah, the answer to my question, I, and I guess another thought I'm, I'm having here with this is, is doctrine and the gospel the same? Right. Or are they different things? Because I think a lot of the talk from outside the church has to do with doctrine and what it, what is that, you know, and when is, when is new doctrine provided by leadership? When is it not? And that, that's kind of the nitty gritty. I feel like in the, for this is where is the line between. So for, I guess, first of all, first of all, like is doctrine and gospel the same thing? And if not, is doctrine perfect? And if doctrine isn't perfect, where's the line drawn between doctrine and the church? Sure. And that's, I know, I know we're getting really in the weeds here. No, for real. It's just like, this is something that I never really thought about Mm -hmm. until recently. Yeah. And to me, I'm just like, man, like I literally have no idea. 
you know what I mean? I can't distinguish between what has been taught as doctrine, what's taught as like principles or policies mm-hmm. and what's like the actual teachings of Jesus Christ. Cause even those get like intermingled sometimes. Right. Like people interpret even just the teachings of Jesus Christ differently today. You know, you've got like a lot of more progressive people, left leaning people that are like Jesus loved and accepted everybody mm-hmm. no matter where they were. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you've kind of got more conservative people. It's like, yeah, he loves and accepts everyone, but he doesn't want them to stay there. He right. wants them to let go of bad things and become better people. So even that, like we're interpreting Jesus Christ, like way of life and yeah. like what is written in the Bible in different ways, even though we're like reading the same text. Right. You know what I mean? And I, and I think the thing you just mentioned, right? Like with the, you know, kind of conservative and more liberal views of Christ teaching. If we're talking gospel here and, and we're talking enduring to the end and repentance as a part of the gospel, you know, that process can even be interpreted in different ways yeah even within the same religion perhaps totally it's deep you know (laughs) like and just like thinking about this more it's just like man like i i don't know i don't know and (laughs) it gets for me at least it gets more confusing because different prophets and different apostles have taught different things Mm -hmm. and where do you balance their humanity and their divine calling if they have one. Yes. Right? And I know this was kind of a centerpiece to our discussion today mm-hmm. was, and and I think this is something we're going to have to get some feedback for uh, as well from, from, from different li- listeners, particularly active members is if, I mean, we, we rely on the prophet seer and revelator of our day to interpret how we live the gospel. Right. Isn't that the idea? I, I would say so. Yeah. I don't really have an issue with like how you put that. Like, yeah. And so, and there's been many prophets in the past and there's been different ways of thinking and different ways of explaining that process. And yeah, so e- either it's an evolving doctrine with mm-hmm. whoever there's the prophet, which I think would make sense on the one hand, or we can acknowledge that maybe there's some imperfection there, like in, in how the gospel is described and how we're instructed to live it. And maybe sometimes the prophet is speaking as a prophet. Maybe sometimes he's not. And how can you distinguish it? That's, that's my yeah. big question is like, how can I tell when someone's just speaking as a man or when he's speaking as like God's mouthpiece? Right. And I, and I, I think it's hard to tell. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think it is hard to tell. I think even as an active member, it, it was hard to know when, when is he, you know, cause I, I think as a member, it's kind of, well, in, at least I kind of thought, well, general conference is kind of the, the area and the space for when, you know, it's scripture, right? It's I've scripture. always been taught that yeah. general conference issues are, are being interpreted yeah. in scripture. And yeah. anything that's not said there is kind of like open to interpretation, maybe right. imperfect or that kind of, you know, but I, I don't even know if that's the definition. And I, I feel like because it's unclear, I think that's part of the reason why church members are using this phrase a lot. The church is imperfect, but the gospel is perfect. Right. Because it's, it's hard to know. It's hard. It's hard themselves to know that. Mm-hmm. So it helps to just keep the separation abstract and not to get into the weeds. Perhaps. Sure. I don't know. That's maybe one logic behind it. Yeah, that makes sense. I think this is also just a conversation that maybe, you know, I'm only 27, 28 years old. Maybe to me, this is a conversation that really wasn't ever taught to me as a kid, at least. And like, was it really like a general prevailing thought, like in the eighties or even before, you know, like what I think it was more of like the 
whatever the prophet says, like we follow it, you know, like there's hymns about it. Like, you know, we thank the O God for a prophet. There's the primary children's song, like we follow the prophet. And so there's things like that. But then, yeah, like how can you tell the difference? Like when is yeah what happening and stuff like that? Like even just like I interpret the new changes to the for strength of youth pamphlet as kind of like revelation. Revel- well, yeah. I don't know. Like, because like, for instance, I'm thinking of maybe tattoos and piercings. Yeah. Whereas those were specifically prohibited by previous prophets. I'm thinking yeah. Hinkley, uh-huh. like called those things out specifically like extra piercings and tattoos. And it was in the first strength of youth pamphlet up until two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, now it's a little bit more like, Use the spirit as your guide and like stuff like that. It's like, okay, so are we in a way like admitting that Hinckley wasn't using a prophetic voice then? Is an adjustment of prior doctrine? Is doctrine constantly something that can be changed? Right. Or is it one of those God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Right. That that's that's another difficult thing for me to reconcile. Yeah. Is as an active member, even remember kind of recalling in my faith crisis and that kind of thing. I'm I'm looking for consistency uh, and because consistency is it's comfortable. of God, right? Yeah. Like that that's, we expect God to be consistent. We expect him to be the same. We expect what he teaches us to be the same, you know, for anybody. And even in the scripture, it says it's the same for all races, people, you know, yeah. genders. Right. And so as if it's changing, what does that mean? Does that mean that the doctrine is constantly evolving, that the gospel is constantly evolving, or is it that how we live it is evolving? I, yeah. These are good questions, man. And I don't have <laughs> answers for them. And, <laughs> and maybe this is just kind of, us just kind of like, yeah, just kind of, yeah. Thinking sh- about it. Yeah. Thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Opening it up to the air. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, we totally need more diversity of thought on here. So that's why we want an extra co-host. Yes, absolutely. Um, Okay. Yeah. We're kind of, let's get back on track, get back on track a little bit. Yeah. We're kind of getting off, but I think that was a good conversation to have and just kind of like airing those things out there, like those difficult questions, because I never really thought about it too deeply. And that's just my personal experience when I was an active believing member. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that other active believing members don't think about this thing generally, or don't have like yeah. answers already. Like maybe they're yeah, they're and, and we're, we're probably overcomplicating it. Cause I, I know that, that the gospel is supposed to be simple, right? But it's also worth asking these questions so that we, we don't just use these cliches all the time. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've kind of gotten into what is the gospel a bit. Um, you said like what's said in conference. Yeah. This is a point that we kind of brought up. There's a lot of members who don't look at the gospel as perfect or the one right way. I feel like that's becoming a little bit more of a, there's way more members out there at least from what I can tell social media shows them to me at least (laughs) that Uh interpret things differently and are in a way kind of like picking and choosing certain things. They're kind of becoming cafeteria in that sense, but just this kind of shift away from like the one true only perfect church of Jesus Christ, you know, like, is it that, is it the Mm -hmm. one true church of Jesus Christ that isn't perfect, but like trying to become perfect. Yeah. Is the, is the gospel really perfect? And it's, and it, you know, you can, you can interpret it in many different ways. Right. Do we have all of the, do we have the fullness of truth or do we have most of the truth and we're trying to find all of it? It's Mm -hmm. like all these things that like, I don't know. To me, I'm just like, get confused and I'm just like, man, I, 
I yeah. was told to believe in a God that was not a God of confusion. Right. A God of order, a God of like stuff like that. And so maybe this is just the way that I see it now. And like, I'm not seeing it from a different perspective, but like it is, this stuff is confusing to me and I have legit questions about it, you know? And yeah, I've yet to find within the church an answer for it, if that makes sense. Right. Right. And I, and I think that's kind of one of our conclusions here is, is if we all like in the church as members can accept that the church is imperfect, then we need more transparency mm-hmm. where, so there's not as much confusion. So it's kind of like, well, okay. What I said there, that was a imperfection, right? Right. Or whereas this, this is the unshakable truth, you sure. know, or what I'm about to say over the pulpit here in conference, this is doctrine or something like that. Or like, this has been revealed to me from God. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas like, okay, now I'm just like, this is how I feel. I feel like the spirit is guiding me, mm-hmm. you know, but like, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this or something like that. Like, I feel like that would go a long way just to help people like, okay, like maybe we don't need to take what he's saying right now. So literally, mm-hmm. whereas like other times it's like, okay, like, this maybe is a little bit more from Jesus Christ. And I know another thing about this, we haven't talked about this yet is we can come to know of the truth as well by asking. Right. Right. There's like always kind of that. It's like if what the leaders of the church are preaching and like what, and you like ask and pray about it, you get the same answer. It's like, there you go. Then we know it's doctrine. We know that's doctrine. We know that's truth. What's interesting is when you get personal revelation and people don't, agree with it. It's like, no, I felt like differently. Like I feel the spirit in a different way. It's like, where is the line and Uh how do you balance the two sides? Like elder Renlund's talk, right? Mm -hmm. That was an interesting one. I didn't actually watch the talk, but you did, right? I did. And I saw it live and then I've kind of picked through it a little bit like afterwards, just like Mm -hmm. reading it. Yeah. This is from the last general conference, by the way. Yeah. October of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that 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 was a question I had too, where it's like, well, okay. If that's the way we find what the gospel really is, is combining our revelation with uh, the prophet's revelations, then, you know, that makes sense. It would be more individual, though. It wouldn't be kind of one way, right, right. of doing it. And uh, but I, I also feel like that's not uh, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I don't feel like that's really encouraged anymore to seek your own confirmation of what the prophets are saying. It maybe hasn't been explicitly taught as yeah. far as I can tell recently. Um, I mean, in the book of Mormon, yeah. there's like Moroni's promise, right? Like that's, yeah, that's definitely encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I mean by that is like, you know, modern day prophets, when they say something, I, I feel like it's just sort of like, we, we don't really scrutinize it. If we do scrutinize it, we're doing something wrong, right? Sure. If we try to can't be critical of the Lord's anointed, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, instead we kind of like, and I think that's what, uh, elder Renlund was alluding to in his talk was that we need to just be faithful that, uh, and support our prophets and, right. you know, trust them and trust put them. some faith in them to a degree. Yeah. You know? And we don't, we don't necessarily need to question it or we, sh- we shouldn't question it. I, I Certain don't know aspects. Yeah. 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 Like um, he, he gave the example of somebody who was like claiming to find new scripture and he asked Elder Renlund to like pray about it. And Renlund was like, no, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because I know that God would reveal scripture through his prophet. Right. You know what I mean? Right. right. And to a believing member that probably just makes sense. And then, but to me, like, it's like stepping back. It's like, but what if I don't think they're the prophet of the church? 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, then how do I find the truth? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like, so many layers and so many things God, to think about. Yeah. Like what if God is working in mysterious ways? And this guy who swears that there's some kind of, you know, ancient record buried in this building or whatever. You know, what if there is something to that? What if yeah. God is, is, is working in mysterious ways? I think there's examples of that in scripture, you know, throughout, throughout all scripture. Right. But then there's also this argument of God works by small and simple means and line upon line, precept upon precept. Mm-hmm. And to me, those are sort of conflicting ways of operating. Sure. Um, which is fine. Like if God kind of works sometimes in mysterious ways and sometimes in simple ways, you know, sometimes in miraculous ways, miraculous ways. Yeah. Yeah. And he, wor- he works in all kinds of ways. spirit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I guess it makes it hard for, for me personally to understand when God is working and when he isn't working. Yeah. You know, or is he always working and everything that is being done in the church is by the hand of God. You yeah. Know? Like he's just the guiding force behind all of humanity maybe or something. Right. Like, right. You know, the Dalai Lama and the Pope mm-hmm. and all these other religions are also being guided by God in a certain way. Like that's one way that I was trying to look at it a little bit more nuanced. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, it's, Right. Unique. <laughs> um, and I, I think uh, to, to kind of go to the next point here, um, I'm going to jump to the, the Utah Mormon culture point that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because of that ambiguity in the argument, uh, there is some inconsistency in how members think and behave. Uh, like, for example, I grew up outside of Utah. You grew up in Utah. Right. Uh, I always remember thinking and feeling as a member outside of Utah, like, nah, man, I don't want to be a member in Utah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like this strong culture there and that kind of thing. And like, why is that? You know? Yeah. It's it, a question I got to ask. It's just like, yeah. how did it come here? Because even act, I know so many active believing members that are just like, yeah, Utah culture sucks, you know, right. like in a lot of ways. In other ways, it's really good. You know, this yeah. strong sense of community. And stuff like that. But yeah, there's like so many like little things and you like point and laugh at it. It's like, that's the crux of like all the jokes in those early 2000s Mormon movies, you know, like the the RM and Uh the singles ward and stuff. There's like a thick culture that you can make fun of. Exactly. Kind of tongue in cheek. Doctrine. Exactly. The casseroles and the green jello and (laughs) stuff like that, you know. Uh Um, But yeah, totally. It's something. And if you haven't been outside of Utah in the church, you probably have just never experienced that, you know, like I experienced on my mission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where you're not the religious majority anymore. It's like, you look at everybody in the street and you're like, maybe there's one Mormon in there. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, or like maybe there's one that even knows what Mormons are. Right. Yeah. That too. <laughs> you know? That too. Um, we're a very small percentage of the world population, you know? And so it's, but yeah, going back to like, how did it get this, way and how did it get this bad in some ways yeah that's a question i gotta ask and like right because i think it's worth asking like if the doctrine and the gospel was perfect right and if it was clear what it was right right if we knew for sure what this perfect gospel was you'd think that the culture would be more aligned with it Mm -hmm. i mean obviously people are imperfect but we would have a closer culture to what, how the, how Christ would be, I guess. Right. Maybe that's to negate like the culture inside of Utah, you know, like 
Yeah, like people it's not do all a lot bad, of good, right? you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. there's the church welfare program, which, you know, they run the desert industry stores here, the church does, and like that provides cheap, reusable like clothing items and stuff like that to people. There's I mean, you just go up and down I fifteen from like Salt Lake to up near Weber and you see at least two granaries that are just, you know, in the church mm-hmm. welfare square, like full mm-hmm. of like food and stuff. So not to negate like the yeah, good that the church that there is, is doing. a lot of good. Yeah. Like there, yeah. Humanitarian stuff, you know, like service community involvement. That's right. huge, you know, and that's, that's great. I think what I mean by when I, and I, I guess this is my bad for just kind of offering a blanket statement over Mormon <laughs> cult or over Utah Mormon culture uh-huh. as, as if it was bad, because I, I think that there, there is some bad there or some, some negative, I should say. Mm-hmm. And what comes to mind is, um, and this is just obviously a subset within this amazing other, you know, other things that Utah Mormons are doing, but it's kind of this judgmentality, this kind of uh, higher than thou, holier, than, holier than, thou, yeah. than thou, you know, like kind of thing and like comparing each other, like, where do I stand in relation to that person? Right. And, and that to me speaks of an underlying doctrine of you are more righteous, the more you do. Or the more you are, the righteous, and the more righteous you are. Maybe the perfectionism that like we are commanded to be perfect, mm-hmm. even though we aren't, that can maybe explain part of that like culture where it's just like, okay, I'm commanded to be perfect. I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to fall short. Maybe, we, you know, humans in general just really suck at pointing out their own weaknesses. There's yeah. like, been so many studies on like that, you know, like everybody thinks they're an amazing driver when they're actually probably just average or worse than average. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, like people, this striving for perfectionism and there is a lot of like acts and like works within Mormonism, you know, by, yeah, you know, after all we can do, that's like part of the doctrine of scriptures, you know, like that's yeah. woven into the scriptures of the church and stuff like that. So it's very much a church of doing and uh-huh. faith, but more of doing, I would say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Yeah, like, and this is really interesting when you think about what what is a what is a stereotypical Mormon look like versus a like or an, a very active worshiping, uh, following the commandments Mormon look like versus maybe with a different religion, you know, mm-hmm. like say say an active practicing Buddhist, right? Sure. Like, and obviously those these are stereotypes yeah. either way, yeah. <laughs> but like a different image comes into your mind, right? You know, as one versus the other. And I think that's based off of underlying doctrine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there are some religions out there where they're, you can very much tell someone, but just by looking at them, what religion they are, you know, like Muslims, mm-hmm. you know, if they're very devout Muslims, they are wearing their hijab that like mm-hmm. the women are right. Mm-hmm. The men may have like, I think it's called a skull cap. I forget the actual terminology yeah, yeah, for yeah. it. Right. You know, Jews as well. There's the yarmulke, there's Orthodox Jews who like have the very traditional hair and beards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you got like Mormons who wear the tumble garments, which yeah. are kind of hidden, but also kind of not, you know, you can see the lines underneath people's yeah, shirts yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can definitely tell if someone's wearing like a tank top, they're not wearing their garments. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so obvious. It's, it's not, obvious. Yeah. Like stuff like that, where then there's other religions where it's a little less like, you know, you could maybe identify a Catholic because they're wearing a crucifix around their neck. Uh-huh. Or they have their prayer beads or something. Uh-huh. But that's also something you can be tucked away or maybe isn't like shown as outwardly. It's not like, as far as I know, much of a requirement to be a Catholic, you know what I mean? Right. To wear a cross around your neck. Right. And that's goes with evangelical 
evangelicism and stuff like that as well. So it's, and even within then, you know, like you might have a very devout evangelical Christian who still dress, dresses modestly and stuff like that and maybe doesn't wear a cross or whatever, but then they've got their cup of coffee, whereas a Mormon wouldn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's all this kind of, it, the LDS church has a theology and expectations slash commandments mm-hmm. that are very visible to mm-hmm. other people. And that helps dive into this kind of sucky culture in Utah where we judge each other based off of, because you can very easily tell if someone is living the standard to or it. not. Yeah. And are those commandments gospel? That's, that's, that's a big, another question. Yeah. And like, yeah, because you like, should be, should we be, you know, like, I don't know. It's, this is a very confusing conversation, <laughs> totally. but I guess I wonder, like, I, I almost feel like the gospel of Jesus Christ is just kind of like unconditional love and acceptance and relying on Christ. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's it. I don't know. And then everything beyond that is a little bit looking beyond the mark, maybe. Yeah. But is that required? Right. Because I, I think that you, one might argue in the church, it is. Yeah. Because there's like the temple yeah. worship, which is a very integral part of the church. Yeah. It's so important that they're building temples like crazy now or announcing them at the very least. Right. And yeah. have plans to build more temples in the future and stuff. So it's, it's this weird balance of like, well, okay, what is the gospel and where is it being taken too far? Where in there is there like things that will change in the future? I mean, like you look at the garment, the temple garment, when it was first initiated was to your like ankles and your wrists, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So that's changed over time. Yep. Would it change again? I don't know. You know Maybe. what I mean? Like seems like this, the strength of youth might suggest is possible. Yeah. Because there's, there's no, there's no lines delineated in the, or outlined in the mm-hmm. new manual. Yeah. And then the word of wisdom has changed over time. It used to be just that a word of wisdom, but now it's a commandment. Whereas tea and coffee were like not explicitly prohibited. Now they kind yeah. of are. Right. You know what I mean? There's like all these things that have changed over time and like, or even like polygamy, you know, like that's, is that a doctrine? Is that a principle? Yeah. Is it, is it perfect? Is it perfect? Is it not perfect? Right. Yeah. Like where is does it, that fit into this whole yeah, discussion? Yeah, yeah. There's, this is a deep topic, man. I didn't realize how hard <laughs> I think we be. didn't really know yeah. how deep this was going to go. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and maybe I guess to kind of like, maybe we should kind of tread above water now and just try to get a more of a bird's eye perspective on okay. this. I, I guess it's kind of like k- kind of trying to to reach common ground here. The reason why I think we're going into this so deeply is because this cliche brushes over all that. Right. And it, it's used as just sort of a blanket argument uh, against anybody who has criticisms, uh, for example, or questions or questions or bad experiences. Yeah. Right. Like without going into detail, I've had some negative experiences with church leadership in the past. And whenever I bring that up to an active member as like a, as like just a reason for why I had a faith crisis, sometimes not always, sometimes I'll, you know, more often than not, there's a lot of empathy and kindness, which is really fantastic. Um, But sometimes it's kind of like, you know, the, the member will be like, well, you know, that's the church. The church is imperfect. Sorry, man. Like, yeah. Like you just didn't have enough faith to get through that. You yeah. know, like, whereas the gospel is perfect. And, right. and then I was kind of like thinking to myself, like, where, where was the gospel and all that, you yeah, know, <laughs> totally. Do you know what I mean? Like if the gospel isn't driving actions of the church, at least consistently, 
yeah what is yeah what is and yeah and 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 when is it fair Mm -hmm. to ask questions and offer criticism right and that kind of thing that i think that's really what i'm trying to get at personally with this is like if we use that blanket statement it it just closes the door to that conversation right and i think part of that is because it's scary it's a scary conversation to have yeah but I also think it's a very important constructive criticism to have if we're going to if members are going to be able to live without as much confusion, perhaps. And and or maybe members who left for reasons that, because they were hurt or whatever to perhaps even reconcile and come back because they yeah. found out they're like, oh, OK, well, yeah, maybe maybe this was actually not doctrine or I don't know. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? No, I was just <laughs> like one thought that was coming to mind is like can you live the gospel without the church? Mm. You know what I mean? Like if the church isn't perfect, but the gospel is. Yeah. But then you need the priesthood leadership. You need the priesthood leadership. You need the ordinances that are in the church, the sacrament, the baptism, which is done by authority. Right. It's like, how does that fit in? It's like, and are those ordinances perfect? And if so, why have they changed? Right. Over time. Yeah. These are the questions that we've got, man. Like (laughs) (laughs) for those listening, who maybe ever thought about this before. This is what goes through my mind on like almost a daily basis yeah, these days, you know, same just, here. and, and I, I think to kind of like, as we're trying to work towards wrapping this conversation up and reaching more of a positive conclusion here, I think, I think one thing, one conclusion that we've written down here is that if the church can acknowledge that it itself is imperfect, which I think it does to some degree, I think there are some maybe that believe the church is perfect, but I think most people can believe that humans are imperfect. And even the Lord's spoke spokesman, uh, the prophet series and revelators, even they are imperfect. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if that's the case, if we can all agree on that, I feel like the church should issue statements that clarify what was imperfect and statements that clarify what was perfect and from God. I feel like that that would that would just help everybody totally to like get rid of this ambiguity and yeah. these questions and like okay like let's just set the record straight yeah like the 2015 policy right like right if that was from God maybe somebody should get up there and be like hey that was actually from God okay uh, or they should be like hey we're imperfect and that was imperfect sorry right. you know and issue an apology yeah because it's kind of left on the members to just like figure it out yeah you know what yeah I mean? like and be like have more faith yeah you have know? more faith like yeah. you like <laughs> yeah and so i don't think i've ever heard that the church this this phrase you know that the church is imperfect but the gospel is like i've never heard that in a general conference i don't think if yeah, someone could give me an actual source where that was like stated over the pulpit in general conference that'd be cool but like i've always heard this from like the lay member maybe the yeah. bishop or the stake president at the max, mm-hmm. but like not really beyond there as far as like the leadership of the church goes. Because is there a way of attempting to reconcile these inconsistencies yeah, these that they've seen? Yeah. 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 Which I understand. Totally. You need to have some kind of clear timeline. Right. It just sucks to, that it's yeah. put on the members like that and the leaders aren't. Yeah. Taking yeah. That. And so I, I kind of feel like even as an ex Mormon that, this is something that both ex-Mormons and Mormons could probably agree on that. Like, Hey, let's, let's just have it. The record set straight. Yeah. Right. Like that wouldn't hurt anybody. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Official apologies. If they need to be made about certain yep. doctrines, clarifications, and practices, anything you know, like that. 
And I think go a long way for people in the church and people outside of the church. Right. Right. And, and I think there, I'm just hearing it a little argument in my head (laughs) here from like an active member that's kind of like, well, they, they are, they are doing that. That's what conference is for. That's what Sunday school is for. They're, they're clarifying all of this, but I personally feel like it's done in a way where it's, it's ambiguous enough, you know, to still be left up to interpretation. Totally. It's not a hundred percent like transparent and clear, you know, or even 99% transparent. transparent (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's this very gray area trying to figure it out, like muddy water kind of situation. And I, it's tough, man. Like it's super tough. Yeah. This was a brain workout of a conversation <laughs> a little bit, a little and bit. perhaps not very productive for those listening. I don't know. Like, right. I don't know if it was hard to follow or whatever, but I think the overarching point here is that like this cliche is harmful because it's not offering clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also not validating to people who have suffered uh, from negative experiences in church where it's kind of just like, ah, oh, well, you know, the church is imperfect, you know? Right. Like, especially for those who have suffered from extreme negativity in the church, like, you know, somebody who's been raped by their bishop or counselor in the bishopric or somebody who's been abused by, you know, this and that person in leadership or whatever it is, you know, like those are very extreme examples. But if you say that to somebody who's experienced something like that, like, hey, you know, like this was the church being imperfect. Mm-hmm. then that's a little bit dismissive yeah of their experience yeah and kind of being like yeah like oh like that sucks the church isn't perfect but you need to like stay in the boat you know what i mean you mm-hmm. need to like you cannot leave and i don't think that gets anyone anywhere in the conversation and stuff so yeah yeah we're kind of wrapping up um we're only at like the 45 minute mark right now but like one thing i think before we finish out i would like to flip the script a little bit more because we have been a little bit more critical of the church, how it isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. What are some really good things that we appreciate about the church? Yeah. You know what I mean? And we didn't really write this down. So this is kind of off the cuff. Yeah. But like in what ways we kind of started off a little bit with it, you know, like the true, like that central faith, repentance, baptism, like that kind of stuff. But like yeah. in what ways is the church doing good and becoming better? I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, yeah, I think that's really fair to go into that in some depth as well. I, I do think one thing that comes off or comes to my mind first is that the gospel has always been an invitation to everybody. Yeah. That there's no really, really any real restrictions to whoever it can be offered to. Mm-hmm. And that I feel like is amazing yeah. and very tolerant of individuals. Uh, something I admire yeah. a lot. I also really like, um, as missionaries, we don't, okay. I'm not going to say it. We don't like never happens. This kind of like coercive baptism kind of thing that goes on sometimes in missions. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, the standard is like, let people come to their own conclusions about the church and its veracity through their feelings and through their prayers and through their thoughts. It's much less of a, look how awesome we are. Look at all these yeah. Great take things. our word for it. Yeah. Take our word yeah. for it and jump in. No, like come to your own conclusions about it. Like if there is a God that will answer your prayers and like, this is his church, we believe that he'll answer it. You know what I mean? I think that's a cool aspect of the church. That's that is, it puts a lot of uh, like just individuality. Yeah. 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 And 
yeah. And even then, like within the church, there's, there are certain strict rules, but there's always a chance to like, if you're not living certain things, you can change and you can become better and turn that around. Infinite second chances. Yeah, totally. That's, I like that about the gospel. I think Mm -hmm. that's a really cool thing. Yeah. And I also think it's kind of nice that there is some attempt from church leadership for some uniformity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a lot of religions try to do that in some way. Um, that, that, that's nice that there is something like that out there so that it's not. It's like, the same church no matter what country you go to. Yeah. Like, yeah. like there, there's obviously some variance there right. um, just inevitably, but there's, there's at least some attempt to clarify you know, it's not like there's zero attempt to clarify what the gospel is, you know, what the doctrine is. Right. Um, and so I, I think that that's admirable. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of organization and planning and totally. that kind of thing to try to roll out something consistent and some kind of so that we're all clear on this. Mm-hmm. There's a missionary force that's teaching this, yeah. you know. Um, so I think the church is doing what they can uh, to try to establish some kind of uniformity of thought and belief. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing kind of going back to the ward structure, maybe, and like kind of that, like where you got this geographical area of people who are generally neighbors, at least here in Utah, you're within like the same two streets, you know what I mean? Um, Outside of Utah, it can be larger geographical areas and stuff, but like I get texts, you know, like, Hey, we're doing a service project at brother so-and-so's house or sister so-and-so's house this Saturday. Like, can you make it and stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. I've always had a conflict. It seems when <laughs> I get those texts, but like, I think that's admirable, you know, like we're looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe a place that that could be improved a little bit is looking outside of the member, non-member kind of like demographic where it's like, yeah, we're in general, I think it's kind of helping members, helping other members, which is a good thing, but like, let's, let's be right. open to helping your other neighbors who aren't members or, or yeah. have left the church yeah. or something like that. Right. And not to say that that doesn't happen at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think in general, it is kind of more of because it's easier when you're in the church to bring up your issues, temporal issues with like your bishop or your home teacher who ministering, sorry, mm-hmm. home teaching. So, but I think that's a cool thing that the church does and, you know, like service opportunities for each other, mm-hmm. uh, scheduled service at like food banks and stuff like that. Yeah. And I wish, yeah, I guess we're, we're kind of, we're kind of talking, we're talking about anything here that the church is doing. That's great. I, and I, w- I just wish there was a bit more clarification again, you know, just to be like, what is the, what is the gospel sure. so that I can be more precise with what I feel like is good about the gospel. Yeah. You know, I, I guess, I guess my best guess kind of what I was mentioned before is that the gospel is Jesus Christ being our savior. Um, and we rely on him and we repent and that kind of thing. And I think that that's an admirable thing about the church is that there is a constant desire to refine and improve. And I think that that's based on the gospel. Right. Um, but also like along that point, what, you know, you just explained as the gospel, those teachings of Jesus Christ, those aren't necessarily unique to Mormonism either. Yeah. Like other yeah. Christian churches like have that same kind of belief system. So. Yeah. It's like, where, what is unique about the church? And that's where I feel like sometimes the issues with the culture come up is because of those unique aspects in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know. 
it's it's interesting <laughs> to say the least <laughs> this whole conversation yeah so if you follow this uh to in some end. way yeah <laughs> you yeah. made it this far yeah if you made it this far we'd love to hear your thoughts we'd love to hear your interpretations on what the gospel is uh what the church is you know and what the separation between the two is um because i feel like getting some kind of clarity on this um would really benefit a lot of people oh benefit so many people. everybody in Utah, yeah dude, yeah <laughs> yeah and so um feel free to share your thoughts on that um that we kind of just stumbled through this a little uh, bit a little bit um but i feel like it was productive yeah, it, yeah it, it the goal was to break down the nuance uh and i mean break down the uh the cliche right. into nuances which i think we accomplished mm-hmm. um and reached our conclusion that we were calling for some transparency um yeah. And I guess, do you have any other concluding thoughts? I think just one thing that was just like us raising these questions and stuff. I don't think anyone should interpret that as us trying to attack the church. Mm-hmm. This is more of just like, it will help refine your views if you can answer those questions. Yeah. And I believe make you into a better member of the church, a better non-member of the church better able to understand those who aren't members of the church exactly like just in general building bridges right building bridges and taking these questions to heart and like really just thinking about them like yeah that's another thing that is taught in the church that i really like it's not taught i don't know in the best way in my opinion but there is this kind of like questioning is a good thing you know bring your questions to god right bring your questions to him and he'll reveal the truth of things to you you know that's what joseph smith Mm-hmm. did with his story and stuff like that so yeah when we bring up these questions it's not to attack but rather to clarify yeah and i i think that's sort of the cost of being open-minded or trying to be open-minded trying to build bridges is it's not very comfortable mm-hmm. so it's not th- easy either yeah and I, th- I think thinking about these deeper topics uh more abstract topics are is, is challenging for anybody right but that's the that's the requirement to be able to see things from a different perspective. Uh, so it's going to be challenging. So if you find it challenging, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. I think you're going in the right direction. I agree to, to being, uh, to building a bridge. Yeah. I'm finding it challenging for myself, you know, and same here, same here. That's why I want, yeah. that's why we want like an active voice on this podcast to help us like challenge our belief systems. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I need that more in my life. Like, yeah. Really. It, maybe it would have saved us a bunch of hassle. if like totally. somebody who is an actual member of the church was like, this is what the gospel is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Once again, going back to our beginning announcement, if you are in the bountiful area, you're an active member of the church who would be able to give like two hours every other week. And you would like to be a more permanent co-host on this show or even just like a temporary person like we bring on one person mm-hmm. like one time or every so often kind of thing um please reach out to us um once again we're looking for an active believing member voice preferably mm-hmm. like a woman yeah just to kind of get that other perspective in there or device diversity of thought or maybe you know someone who's lgbtq and yeah. active in the church or not white you know like all kinds of just different yeah. diversity and <clears throat> thought and experience because everybody has a different experience in the church yeah so and i think we we will plan to if if we don't find a coast that meets all of those criteria all those check boxes we're going to be we're going to be phasing into a, a new phase here pretty soon where we're going to be interviewing people with different diverse backgrounds because 
we're, we're kind of realizing now that like we're running into a brick wall that like unless we unless we add different perspectives, we're going to just get into a, a biased spiral. Right. Um, which we don't want, which we don't want. We want this to be productive and constructive mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So so so, yeah, it, whether you want to be a permanent co-host or whether you would like to just be interviewed once and you have some thoughts to share, please reach out to us um, and we will make that happen. That's right. We've. I know we've been saying this for like ever since the beginning of the show, but we're finally getting the ball rolling on some other things. So yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Be patient with us. We appreciate it. So anything else for today? No. Thanks for listening guys. This is Mitch and Garrett signing off. Latter-day Bridge Builders.